Welcome to Dr. Suzanne Howard's audio play. Thank you for downloading and I pray you are truly blessed. To get more information on Dr. Suzanne Howard's ministry, feel free to visit www.suzannemhoward.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. All right, let's talk. Let's talk business. Can we talk business? Y'all ready to rumble? Are you ready to rumble? Let's talk business tonight. I want you to remember that all of this work and all the key takeaways are very important. You're going to need this book for the rest of the year. I started working a little bit today, maybe not working, but glancing over a little bit today. Um, some ways to even make this work broken down in bite-sized pieces, such as um, a workbook. There's a lot of work in here already. But I think looking at it from my eyes, which are trained in this, I can see where the work is. And maybe some of you can't. I tried to break down every word. I tried to give you um, examples of everything so that there would be no hindrance in you moving forward, getting this work done. But I want you to understand that you're going to need a support network. You're going to need a support network and it's necessary and it's important. And I want to see you prosper. And if getting your emotions together could cause you to prosper and be in good health, if it can cause an improvement in your health, I want to be a part of that. I want to see you prosper. It's important for me to see you prosper. It's important for me to hear your testimonies. It's important for me to know you have questions and get your questions answered. But I want to make sure that you understand the importance of having a network after we're done. Please understand that it is my plan. It is my goal. And I'm asking for your prayers to have the Holy Spirit help me with my schedule. That's already picking up to have time to do this. We need to be on every week. We need to need to need to. And it's important to us all. So we have to be together and consider ourselves a community family. We're a community family, no judgment, support network, community family. Coming from, I think I'm on page, um, is it 187 still? Your support network can also play a role in tracking your emotional intelligence progress. But let me ask you, can someone give you information about yourself that may be a critique it may be the condiment on your hot dog, the condiment on your hamburger, or are you so locked behind your emotional strong wall that you can't take constructive criticism or the possibility that maybe there's a different way to do something because you're going to need a support network. Thank you, Nanita. We're on page 188. You're going to need a support network. And you need to give them permission wherever you want to give them permission. Let them know what the boundaries are. Don't be blunt with me because I'm not ready yet. And that's okay. And if they don't respect that, then they're probably not ready to be a part of your support network where you are at the level of maturity now. But you need to find a support network and let them know, um, you know, I don't like when you text it. I'd rather you do it in person. 
or don't do it in person because it makes me nervous. Text me so that I can read it alone and process what you're saying. Because if you say it in person, I might get my throat might get jammed up or my stomach might get butterflies in it. So find out how best do you receive information. You may see it as we talked about it, I think last night or the last two nights, sometimes people see information as correction. Some people see correction as blame and fault because they were blamed for a lot of things growing up. So whenever you try to bring them um, instructions or corrections or a better way to do things, they don't hear it the way you mean it because they were blamed so much in childhood. So start working on having a support network. And this should be a goal that you have for this year and write it out. If you need an example of that, let us know. I'll help you with that, but write it out. I'm going to get a support network. These are the people that I'm considering. And these are the areas that I'm going to give them permission to and even request if they are willing to do it. Because some people may know your attitude and just may, may not be good for you. Some people may be more direct and you don't like direct. So you may have to cross out some names and go down the list. You may want someone who's more direct and not playing games with you. I have uh, people that come to me and, you know, and some will say, I've been to so-and-so and I just can't do the baby in. Like I need straight and direct. There's other people that avoid me like the play because they don't like straight and direct and they want to be babied and babied and baby. Or let me try a better way to say that. They want to be nurtured and nurtured and nurtured. And with all the nurturing, you know, it's like taking vitamins every day, but not working out. You got to have the workout portion to it. So find out wh what goals you would like to make for the year. Find out who would be an important group of your support network. I would not have a group over three. And I would try not to have a group of only one. If that's all you can do right now, then do it. Let's let's be thankful for small beginnings, but you have to have a support network. I recommend it. And again, what are the boundaries? What are you asking them specifically? What areas are you asking them not to touch? Because sometimes it's like, um, I want to give you this, but don't, don't step, don't, don't step into my marriage. That's an area that I'm just not going to have open right now. Um, whatever you got to say, you can speak to me about my behaviors, but don't speak about me and my relationship with my mother. That's just not open to you right now. And it's okay. And if they can respect it, you are building a really good support network for yourself. If they can't respect it, then they're just not the one. You don't have to cut them off. You don't have to dog them. You don't have to tell them, you know, da, 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 da. you're just not the one for my support network. We can still go out and hang, but this right here, I can't trust you to this. Someone say, and that's okay. And making sure that you have your boundaries in place. Your boundaries in place. Your boundaries are important. And part of the boundaries is making it clear what area in your life are you giving them permission to speak in? And what area of your life you do not want them to touch because it's just too sensitive it's too critical and you're just not ready for it yet. You can't even handle it yet. So please don't touch. Them. If you know me, things drive me crazy. And if I don't get to it, 
there's a whole nother side of me that will come out and start dealing with it. I'm tired of it showing me that this Wi-Fi is shaky and unstable. Dawson Adult Daycare says, right, we can cool you. Just can't be my support network member. Absolutely. We can definitely be cool. You know, there's some people who are dear friends in my life and I'm not friends with them on Facebook. And it's not like, why aren't I your friend on Facebook? You know, sometimes we just give this stuff so much power. I have very good friends on Facebook. And I was, I found out the other day, um, the street that I live on, there's a lot of um, doctors that live on this street. And I found out from one of them, he um, found my Facebook page. And I'm like, oh God. I mean, thank God I don't have any mess on my Facebook page, but some days I'd be like trying to go off on some people. And you know what I learned today through my self-awareness that there are posts that I like because I like the person. And if I go back and really read the post, I'm not in, in agreement with it, but I like it. You say, Ooh, Ebony post that click. Oh, Suzanne post that click. Uh, Maria post that click. Then I'm like, I don't even like the statement. I might not even agree with the statement. So there's a boundary that's in place because if I have people who are business people and non-believers and they're seeing foolishness, that's bad. If you read the post I put up the other day on pettiness, how we can get caught up in somebody else being petty on Facebook and you know that they're subliminally making comments to you. So you subliminally put comments back. It's petty. Do you want to be caught up in the pettiness? The top part of the message says, no, don't get caught up in the pettiness. If you're a professional, you don't want anyone to read your page while you're going off on some stuff that makes no sense to anyone else, right? Professionals, you can't respond. That's why I'm glad I'm getting ready to turn over all my social media accounts to Ebony and she's going to deal with it. People who know me know how to get in touch with me. If you don't know me, if you don't have my cell phone number, if you can't call me or text me, you don't know me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Petty Betty. Yeah. So that's the area we're going to continue to um, build in because our reputation, it can be ruined by our emotions. And sometimes our posts are all from an emotional place are all from an emotional place. Well, still not clear. Eb? Oh, good. How many times can you say that you found yourself caught up in the social media frenzy and you went ahead and posted something that you were just like, Ugh. Mm, go ahead, Angela. You can't be petty and powerful. Can somebody get rid of Andrew Williams post, please, on our work? Thank you. Poor Andrew William. Oh my God. He's trying to hit on every woman on here. And the, the bad thing about it is he's probably using someone else's name and picture. It's not even Andrew William. Why don't you go and make your mother proud of you? Do something that would make your mother proud. Get yourself together. I rebuke you. You're embarrassing your mother. Shame on you. 
Nothing, Peyton. Peyton's in there. What is my grandmother doing? <laughs> support network. Your support network is important. Share your emotional intelligence goals with a trusted friend, mentor, or coach. Regular discussions with them can provide valuable insights and extend external feedback on your progress. How many of you really think that you're going to get involved with a coach this year? How many of you think that that's going to be your 2024 goal? Let me see hands or yes. I just want to have an idea what this 30 days has done for you. And if it's making you put yourself as a first priority or not. Yep. It's important. It's so important. If you can do a minimum of once a month, it, it'll start changing your world slowly. If you can do twice a month, you will see tremendous change. And because you were committed to the 30 days here, we're going to have a special setup of a package deal just for you. Go ahead, Rosalie. She said, I had my discovery call yesterday. Invest it. Good. Vanessa said, I have a soul detox coach now. Thomasina, you need to just pack a bag and get over here. Yes, you do, Crystal. We've had the talk. Yes, you do. It's time. You know, a lot of us will have coaches or mentors in our career, you know, to help us get through writing papers in school, um, writing a thesis. Um, when we want to be promoted in our, in our career fields, we'll get a mentor or coach. And sometimes you need to go ahead and add this component here to it. No, I mean, me and you are going to have a good time together. Me and you. You're going to be all mine, lady. Good, Robert. Robert Taylor said he's emailed for his. Absolutely. Couples therapy. Absolutely. And that will also be a part of your support network. So I want you to understand that um, <laughs> it's okay, Ebony. Just fire him up if you can hit block. Um, also, I want you to understand that we have a lot of key takeaways, right? Matter of fact, let's take a moment. We got a little time. It's Friday night. Just got paid. Remember that y'all? Am I showing my age? I want you to post. What is one of your key takeaways? I don't care if it's from chapter one or chapter eight. What is one of your key takeaways? I like the couples therapy idea. Okay, Pastor Kareem, good. <laughs> Shakira, God, dog it. See, all I needed to do was trigger that one right there. Regret is a teacher. Woo! Pulling down vain imaginations, triggers. Come on, there's 101 of us on here. Post just one takeaway, one word or one statement. Regular practice, empathy and compassion in relationship. Me too, Raphael. That's going to be my goal, especially with those that we're most familiar with. Sometimes the ones that we are most familiar with are the ones that get the least proper part of us. And that's definitely my goal as well. I'm with you. 
Regret is a teacher. All of empathy, active listening. It's okay. I made a mistake. Yes. Come on. Cognitive reappraisal. My favorite. I can't wait to teach that this year. Triggers. Be patient when waiting for someone to open up or resolve an issue. Oh, y'all did some work. Going to make me cry. Mommy's going to cry. Recognizing emotional triggers, learning from your mistakes. Conflicts can be an opportunity for growth. Loving others begins with loving myself. Self-awareness, because I didn't believe I needed this class. What you say? Triggers. Attachment styles and love languages. Come on. Emotional intelligence is the compass to emotions because regret is the teacher. Candy, I think you got a sermon. Relationship management, it's okay to not be okay. Emotional intelligence is a skill. Yes, Terry, I made sure we said that every night. Mindfulness meditation works. Self-awareness, using confrontation for growth. Very good, Barbara. Audra says poor EI can hinder the ability to resolve conflict in communication. My mistakes don't define me. Triggers. Fill that tank up. <laughs> that was Mariah's post every single time she posted. I love it. Perspective shift, self-regulation. If you can only help you, you don't understand the assignment. Yep. Welcome on Bernard Howard. Regret can be motivation for change. Self-loved, unresolved regret can cause physical distress. All right. I love these unrealistic expectations. Mm, when they didn't say anything, that was still communication. Very good. Awesome. So we have, we learned some key takeaways <clears throat> and takeaways are good because they trigger the rest of the information. Just like cliches, cliches are good because they trigger uh, a lesson, a teaching, a sermon. Um, they, they, they trigger what you learned behind it. So they are good, but we can't live on takeaways. Okay. We can't live on bread alone. We can't live on takeaways. We have to understand on page 188, we need ongoing practice. Because when we went through this chapter, we explored practical exercises, worksheets, and tools that enhanced our emotional intelligence. Key takeaways include regular practice. Regular practice should be one of your key takeaways from this 30-day session. Regular practice is a key takeaway. Consistent practice is crucial for improving ourselves in regards to emotional intelligence. Self-reflection, self-awareness is the foundation of emotional intelligence and self-reflection is a powerful self-awareness tools, self-reflection. Empathy development. Empathy can be cultivated through exercises and perspective taking, tracking progress, use assessment tools and personal growth plans to track your emotional intelligence journey and ongoing practice. Can everybody, can I just see right now 95 of us on, can I see 95 practice? Just light the screen up. 
ongoing practice. Remember that emotional intelligence is a lifelong journey. You're doing well now because you get back on here at night and then tomorrow you may mess up and you get back on here again. And by 14th day, 15th day, 18th day, 20th day, you're like, okay, I got this. I got this. I got this. 30th day. Woo. 35th day. Woohoo. 50th day. Hmm. You're going to need ongoing practice because it's a lifelong journey to self-improvement. Continue to practice and refine your skills and you'll find that they positively impact not only your personal relationships, but also your professional and overall well-being. Now, in the next chapter, we'll explore the importance of emotional intelligence and leading leadership and how it can shape your success in various aspects of your life. <clears throat> Let me get a drink. Somebody need to breathe. When I say leadership, I don't care if you're a crossing guard at school, you are leading someone because leadership is about influence. Leadership is about influence. And if you're working the makeup counter, if you're a crossing guard, if you're driving a bus, if you're at the reception desk, you are leading everywhere you are because leadership is about influence and you're influencing people. You'll be surprised how many people at the end of their day had you in mind, <clears throat> had a memory of how nice you were or how rude you were or how you answer the phone so politely or how you cross them across the street so well, whatever it is. So this section that we're going to talk about going into right now, chapter nine is about leadership. So I've made it clear. I don't want you to think of your boss and your pastor, the leaders at the church or the leaders in my company. No, I want you to say me, I'm leading. Because you're leading in your home in some way. You're leading even when you're at a bus stop. Leadership is about influence. And your influence is based on your leadership. So let's talk as I open up this dialogue that I really, really want to hammer in. And I don't want to have to rush. We will touch a couple more of those assessments in chapter eight before we're done. The importance of emotional intelligence and leadership. The apostle's house, you're going to live or die, pass or fail from this section to the end of the book. This is your mark right here. As we journey through the exploration of emotional intelligence, you've discovered by now its profound influence on personal growth, relationships, and well-being, right? That's the whole gist of the book, personal growth, relationships, and well-being. Now let's delve into a domain where emotional intelligence is not just advantageous, but pivotal. Leadership, it's pivotal in your leadership. In this chapter, We'll explore the significance of emotional intelligence in leadership and how it can shape success in various aspects of your life. Emotional intelligence is the cornerstone of effective leadership. Listen, I read something today that I'm going to be talking to my leaders about this weekend, right? And it said, it was so much, this article just has me blown away. So I'm trying to remember this point right here. 
the article said, one of the statements in the article said, many churches have either closed or were divided or suffered some emotional disruption through a leader and an accusation of illicit sex. And if you've been seeing anything on social media right now, it is such a demonic attack against the church. It is such a demonic attack against the church because one of the things that we forgot, and I just got to go here for a moment, is that we were told that there will be wolves in sheep clothing, wolves in sheep clothing. So everything that we are seeing isn't church. It's wolves in sheep clothing. And we are choosing to put it all in one pot together and call it stew. And it's not. All of this is not the church. He told us there would be wolves in sheep clothing. And when you see the fruit of a wolf, why are we even calling it church? And people are attacking and attacking and attacking the church to some degree. The church has started attacking the church because it's craziness going on in 2023. But he told us in the word of God that this would be going on. And we are at that place now. So there has been a lot of, of wolves on social media who were caught up in some type of illicit sexual allegation, right? And the teaching on this particular topic is dynamic too. I'm just grabbing a part out of it for you. The teaching said, even with the pastors that were caught up in illicit sexual, whatever, allegedly, right? That churches have been able to survive it. They've been able to come back from it. It's almost like a marriage. You know, you would be like, oh God, she did it this time. <clears throat> oh boy, he did it this time. This Their marriage is not, is not going to be able to take this. And they were able through work, hard work, commitment and devotion to love and respect for each other. They were able to bounce back. Just like the church. The church was able to bounce back from a leadership's falling. But... He said what he hasn't seen people come back from is, I'm going to use my own words, is rude, arrogant, um, disruptive pastors, meaning the leadership of the church. That's all emotions. That's all emotions. So we can forgive a human being for getting caught up in something that they should not have, or we think they should not have. We can forgive them for, you know, adultery or fears. We can forgive them for many things, but it's very, very hard to forgive a leader for mishandling you or hurting you. And that's all emotions, emotions. Someone type up their emotions. Yes. And if leaders are not trained in how to handle their emotions, it's like giving someone a gun and not showing them how to work it. And we're giving people weapons of protection and giving them a license 
and not teaching them how to operate it. And the world needs empathy now more than ever. Walking in someone else's emotional shoes. Isn't that amazing that we will actually stand with a fallen leader, which I don't see anything wrong with it either. If it's a true repentance and they've had time to go get counsel and therapy and all that, I don't see anything wrong with it either. It's a human being. If you held them to be God, well, then I think you need to sign up for your own therapy classes. That's my feelings. But when a leader is not functional emotionally, there's going to be a lot of problems. So leadership and emotional intelligence, my teaching is saying that it is the cornerstone of effective leadership. Can you type effective leadership for me? Effective leadership equals EI. I hope every leader takes this down as a takeaway because we could have major problems between us, with us, or against us. And if we can remain emotionally solid, we can come through anything as a unit. We become ineffective when we are led by our emotions. So let's define leadership tonight. Leadership transcends titles. Didn't I just share that? It's above titles. It doesn't matter what your title is. School crossing guard. I was a school crossing guard in the sixth grade. And that was positions that they've given or roles that they gave to sixth graders who they recognize leadership potential in. So the leader was already there in sixth grade. So this is even for a sixth grader. Leadership transcends titles and positions. It's about influencing and inspiring others. What are you inspiring others regarding your life, regarding how they see you speak one way and act another way? When they see that you are not emotionally solid yourself, leadership transcends titles and positions. It's about influencing and inspiring others. Do you know how many people have been interviewed or even asked? if they would ever consider running for president of the United States, they've never ran for a campaign for the president of the United States. People were going and asking them, would you ever consider running for president of the United States? You know why? Because they recognize their influence and, and how they inspired others. Oprah Winfrey was one at least three times that I've seen publicly myself. People have asked her, has she ever considered running for president? And she had a clear, resounding no, never. But why did they want to choose someone who was not even interested in that title, in that role? Because she's recognized by her influence and her inspiration to other people. Effective leadership goes beyond managing tasks. If you are only about the task, you are a task master. And if you are a task master, then you are a manager and not a leader. 
You are a manager. You are good at managing tasks, taking notes, handling your checklist, making sure everyone else is handling their checklist. You are task oriented. You are a manager. And this is why effective leadership goes beyond managing the task. It involves guiding individuals. See, if you don't like people, stay in the task realm. Stay in the task management. It involves in guiding individuals and teams toward shared goals. It's about influencing individuals and teams toward shared goals. The goals of the organization, the goal of the family. Excuse me, the goal of the school system to have these crossing guards and they have one goal in mind, not multiple goals, not a version of it, not my perception of it. You need to be clear of what the goal is, clear of what the vision is. Because when you start creating offsprings of a vision, you're starting trouble. It's unhealthy. It's confusion. It's sowing confusion. Effective leadership goes beyond managing tasks. If you are good at assigning tasks, at task management, that's the department you should be in. And you should not involve yourself with people or their lives. If people are too emotional for you, stick with task management. It's not a disrespect at all. It's a very good profitable position. Because you're managing assignments, you're managing tasks, you're, I don't want to call it property management, but there's a word for it, project management. You're good with project management, but the people management, it's not your gift. Or it is your gift, but you're scorned. Or it is your gift, but you were never taught EI. So you always have to be the behind the scenes person because your rejection is always triggered when something is said about you. Your insecurity is always triggered when you're not included in something. Find your lane and be the best you can be in that lane. That is your limit. Everyone has a limit. A very good leader can be a poor task manager, can be a poor, what did I call it? Someone who handles tasks, not the task manager. What was the other word? I'm trying, Brittany. I'm trying to get it out. Ah, it'll come back to me. But if you're going to step up into a leadership role of any capacity, it's going to involve people. And if you're not ready to deal with people, then stay. There you go, Rosa. Thank you. I see y'all posting it up there now. Kamisha, Tony, thank you. Stay in the project lane. It involves guiding individuals and teams towards shares goal. What are the shared goals? There's one big goal for an organization or there's a one big goal for the family. And then there's bite-sized pieces of that vision that everyone is responsible for carrying out. Task oriented. If you are a task oriented person, we need you. We need you, but we need you in the task ministry, not in the people ministry. 
This is how it grows and how we have confusion and ineffectiveness and waste of time when people want to insert themselves in positions because someone else makes that job look so good. Because someone is anointed for it, they make it look easy, they make it look simple, they make the job look so good. Maybe people are following them and flocking to them and they want that because they want the following, they want the flocking, but that's not your gifting. So you're causing a division and a disruption in an area that could flow so much better if you would go deal with the task and let us deal with the individuals. Because when you deal with people, you know, you look at, let's use Oprah again. When you deal with people, it's, it's clout. People are so grateful. They buy you gifts. You know, I, I don't, I don't ask for anything. I don't have to ask for anything. People give because you help people. They're inspired by your help. You give them position. You give them promotion. You give them title. You give them opportunity. People are grateful for that places that they probably would have never succeeded in the world. But it is also our job to work with them through their emotions, with the promotion, with the title, with the opportunity. If you are in a position where you have to beg and, and twist and manipulate people to do stuff for you, you are probably not in your niche. Because if you were over there in the task management assignment, people would appreciate you because you will get the job done. So people be like, you know what? I really appreciate working with you. You are task oriented. It's about the job. We don't have to do it all. It's emotional stuff. And they'd be like, I just want to bless you because you make it a joy to be in this church. You make it a joy to work in this company. You make it a joy to be on your team. And people will give and bless you naturally without asking. You don't have to do magic tricks and mag magic lines. You don't have to lie and manipulate. You don't have to seduce. You don't have to any of those things. When you are in your true niche, that place that you belong, that calling, if we're talking about the church, things come pressed down, shaking together and running over. And if it's not happening that way for you, it's normally because you have stolen a seat for a place that you're not anointed for. And, and we do it so much in life because we like the glory that comes with it. But you ever hear like Hollywood people when they talk about all the glory and what really goes on in their life? You've got to be anointed for that. You have to be called for that. It has to be your niche. Not only will you end up hurting people, not only will you end up hurting yourselves, not only will you end up hurting or maybe even destroying your family, but you're causing a disruption in the organization because what people were promised that they would get from you, they're not getting from you and they'll never get it from you because you can't get salt water out of a water tank. It's just not possible. And we should not feel disregarded if one's an apostle and one's a prophet and, and one's an evangelist and one's a pastor and one's a teacher and one's less than the other, or that's the big boss. I'm the general manager. That's the CFO. I'm the CEO. That's the CEO. Oh, you don't belong there. Move, get out the way. You're causing a disruption in the flow of order in an organization. Because leadership is not about you getting a title to fulfill your low self-esteem.
Leadership is not about offering you a position so you can exert authority that you were never trusted with in your entire life. And sometimes we leave the world and the world never gave us the opportunity because they saw us. They saw us reckless, messy, arrogant, rude, disruptive, lacking listening skills, lacking empathy for people, lacking a level of self-awareness. So we go to the church and we, we buddy up and get promotion or we buy someone and get promotion or we're so good at something, they promote us in something greater that we're not ready for or they promote us too soon. And that hurts. That hurts. To be promoted without training is one of the worst things that we can do to people. So let's define leadership one more time. Leadership transcends titles and positions. Can someone recognize your authority without you saying, I'm Apostle Suzanne Howard? Oh, sorry, Apostle. I didn't recognize you. Leadership transcends titles and positions. It's about influence and aspiring. Where are you influencing and inspiring when you're off the job? Or does your leadership only attach to your job? Oh, she preaching in here tonight. Or does your leadership only influence and inspire in your ministry? But outside of your ministry, outside of your office, outside of your title and your role, there is absolutely no influence and no inspiration coming from you for anybody else. What is the level and the depth of your leadership? Does it punch out? Preach by myself. Diamond and Peyton, I need an audience. Does your leadership punch out? Does it have an end date, an end time? Does it get a day off? Does it have sick time included in it? There's a big argument around thought leaders. There's a divide. It used to be 50-50. I think the other group is kind of winning more where they believe that leadership is not born, it's taught. And I disagree because I've known people and I've heard it said to my own self, as I shared tonight in sixth grade, people recognize leadership in me as a child. I didn't have authority, but I had leadership. I've seen other people, little children, and I'd say, this is a little leader right here. I remember when Peyton was going to school in Avon and her kindergarten teacher said, she's going to be the president of the United States one day. Peyton can't stay in school, y'all. So that probably ain't going to happen. However, she recognized leadership. Even in school now, whenever something goes down in school and they have to call me about Peyton, they said the only problem we have with Peyton is she influences and inspires others. So if Peyton doesn't like something, she can get the whole class not to like it. If Peyton wants to do something, she can get a whole group to line up with her and not do it. We're not having issues with Peyton's behavior. It's Peyton's inspiration and her influence. She has too much influence. One of them said that Peyton has more influence and inspiration to the children than some of the teachers in the classes. And they felt that that was too dangerous for a seventh grader to have. So I don't believe that leadership is taught. 
I believe we are born leaders. There are those that are taught leadership, you know, in different things that they're going to take on for roles and all that in their life. But true leadership, I believe, is born and it has to be built upon. So if you don't feel you were a born leader, I do believe that leadership skills can be taught and you can manage in some degrees. It's almost like the difference between a gift and an office. If you read the Bible, there is those that have the prophetic gift. You can prophesy. Sometimes you can prophesy because the church is really high in worship. You have a gift to prophesy, but you don't have a desk. You don't have an office. Nobody's hiring you to do it full time because you can only get it when praise and worship is high. You can only prophesy when you get that unction to prophesy. That's different. That's like someone who plays basketball in Hartford and they're really good. And everybody in Hartford knows them, but you're never going to the NBA. One's a gift. One's an office. What is the limit of your leadership? Does it punch out? Does it get days off? Does it have sick time? Do you inspire when you're sick? Do you inspire when you are in your deepest oppressive times in your life? Am I talking to the right group tonight? We're on overtime because it's Friday night. Think about that. The apostles house. I really need you to have this because I'm going to check for this. We're going to have a conversation. What are you doing with your role? What is the limit of your leadership? Who are you influencing and inspiring and to what degree? Are you inspiring gossip? Are you inspiring rebellion? Are you inspiring lateness? Are you inspiring um, disregard or dishonor for people? Are you inspiring? What is it? Is it for a common goal? Is your emotions leading your leadership? The role of emotional intelligence in leadership is important because emotional intelligence is the bedrock of effective leadership. So we've got good leaders, we've got great leaders, and we have effective leaders. I wish I would have put this in this chapter, but I had to really get this book out if I was going to meet my deadline of Christmas. Three types of leadership, good leaders. I don't want to talk about the bad ones. Good leaders, great leaders, and then effective leaders. There's a difference. Leaders who understand and manage whose emotions, whose emotions do leaders have to manage and understand? Self-awareness. What am I talking about? Their own. Come on, Candy. Come on. Leaders who understand and manage their own emotions, not the emotions of their teams, Leaders who understand and manage their own emotions while empathizing with others can create environments conducive to growth, productivity, and innovation. The Bible says the people are like their priest. The people are like their priests. What that means is the people are like their leadership. The people are like their king. If you're leading people, what are your people like? Because they're like you. 
What are you inspiring or influencing? Because if you could manage and understand your own emotions, then you can empathize with those others that are being led and inspired by you. And you can, with empathy, help create environments conducive for their growth, their productivity, and their innovation. And this is in the home life as well. What does your leadership look like? Is your family looking like they're under a, a dictator? Does your family look like they're worn out? Does your husband look happy? Is your wife looking happy? Is she looking her best? You can always tell what's going on in a company, whether it's team, whatever your last name is. I can walk into a company and I can meet different groups and departments. I was an HR director for years and I could read the people. I'll know what type of leader they're under. It's important to use emotional intelligence in your leadership because while you understand and manage your own emotions, somebody should point at themselves, your job with your people is to empathize with them to create environments conducive to their growth, their productivity, and their innovation. Emotional intelligence and leadership success. Yes, that's right, Melissa. Could have a strong team. Absolutely. Building trust and credibility. Trust is the currency of leadership. I want you to write it down. Trust is the currency for leadership. If there's no trust, that leadership is about as strong as Humpty Dumpty. Trust is the currency of leadership. Leaders with high emotional intelligence build trust through transparency, integrity, and consistent emotional regulation. I hope I'm not repeating too much, but I got to repeat it again. Trust is the currency of leadership. Leaders with high emotional intelligence build trust through transparency integrity and consistent emotional regulation. It's consistent because sometimes we mess it up. We blow it up. Effective communication is important in your leadership, in the workplace, in the home and beyond. Emotionally intelligent leaders excel in communication. When is the last time you've taken a communication course? Effective leaders who excel in communication, listen actively. You see, is it this or is it more of this? They actively listen and then express themselves clearly and adapt their communication style to resonate with diverse audiences. Most people say, oh, well, you just got to get on board with me. Uh, no, I don't. You are the leader and it is your job to make sure that I learn. It is your job to make sure that I understand. It is your job to make sure that I understand the vision. It's your job to make sure that I understand the current situation, the future goal, the timeline for that. If I don't understand any of that, you are not operating in a communication style that is conducive to communication with your audience. 
It's the same thing they teach us in preaching style. You can be a dynamic preacher, but if you preach over people's intellectual ability to understand the words, it's like speaking. Wasn't that like Charlie Brown in them? Doesn't that when the teacher called on the phone or something, it was some crazy noise. If you have, if you're in a population and you're starting a business or a ministry or you're in a church and the um, highest level of education in the church is high school. And you're coming in here with, with Socrates and you're teaching philosophies. You think they're going to enjoy your sermon? You have to find a way to speak to the audience in which you are giving an open door to. Flexing your muscles and spreading your peacock feathers is doing nothing for people. You have not communicated with them. And if you speak longer than they can handle it, you really lost them. Your sermon can be so good. I've done it. I've had to learn all of this stuff for 17 years. My, I had my stuff so lined up. It was like both sides of three sheets of paper. So that's six sheets of paper. And I saw when I lost them and I kept going because this was so good. I had to get it out. And guess what? Nobody got anything after the second page. And I had six pages. You cannot overspeak people's intellectual level to understand and you cannot over communicate with people no matter how good the information is. They're teaching on YouTube, right? About being a YouTube influencer. And they said, you can have a, a plain background, a horrible background. You can have a messy setup, but if your audio is clear, people will stop and listen to you. Isn't that something? So it's not so much of what they see. It's really what we hear. How are you inspiring and influence the people that God or your boss or your family is giving you access to? Conflict resolution and problem solving. It's 114. Give me a couple minutes and I'll end here. Conflict resolution and problem solving. Leaders often face conflicts and complex challenges. Hallelujah. 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 Leaders will face conflicts and complex challenges. Emotional intelligence equips leaders to navigate conflict with empathy, facilitating productive resolutions. Can you navigate conflict with empathy? Can you facilitate productive resolutions? It's the last piece I'm done for tonight. Team building and collaboration. Leadership isn't a solo endeavor. Oh, I work better by myself. Then you need to work on your EI skill because you can't be a leader. Leader of what? What are you leading? The birds? What are, what are you leading? The wind? What are you, what, what, what are you leading? I don't understand what you Who are you motivating, encouraging, inspiring, influencing if you can't be on a team with anyone? If you can't sit still, if you can't listen, who are you leading? 
I just work better alone. Okay. Do you know what you just confessed? You just confessed that you are not leadership material. You don't like to show up on time. You don't like to be given instructions. You do not like to be told what to do. You feel controlled. You're not leadership material. Go back on the cheese it line and come back down the, the little converter belt and we'll try you again next year. That's right, Thomasina. You're quoting my favorite quote by Maxwell. If you think that you are a leader and no one is following you, you are only taking a walk. I'm a leader. I'm a leader. I'm a leader. You're a leader because what? Because you think you're a boss. You're a leader because you think you got to hustle. You're a leader because of what? If no one's following you, that's not leading. That's taking a walk and you're walking. So leadership isn't a solo endeavor. Think about this. When we start back to really doing the work in February, think about this. Are you leadership material or is there someplace better that would benefit from your gifts, from your intellect, from your education? Emotional intelligence fosters team cohesion. You're always the problem on a team. There's been 17 different teams and all of them you've been on has been a problem. You're not fostering team cohesion. How do you foster team cohesion? I'm so glad you asked. By nurturing a culture of collaboration, respect, and mutual support. I'm going to end there because I want you to think about it. And the first thing I want you to be able to tell me, this is how we'll end tonight. I want you to be able to tell me where are you leading at? Because I want to see if you're getting it. Are the wheels spinning? Is the oil flowing? Where is your leadership at? And if it's at home as a housewife, as a homeschooler, maybe you're homeschooling your children, where are you leading at? And I want everyone who's really on, because some of y'all log in, don't think I don't know. I don't hear from you anymore. I know you're not on your phones. You sit them down. And I thank you for pretending to give respect, but that's not honor because that's not the instructions. So everyone who is actively listening, I want you to post right now, where are you leading? You are leading. You are. Where are you leading? Where's your leadership at? Y'all typing my question down. I'm like asking the question, where are you leading? Is it in your job? Is it in the school system? Is it in the church? Is it in your home? Is it a group? Is it the Tupperware group? Is it the prayer team? Is it the women's ministry? Where are you leading? Leading at home. Yep. Work. Food share. Absolutely. See where you're leading. Church and home. At home with my family. Okay, very good. I'm seeing that it's clicking. You're getting it. Because I want to inspire you by the last day, the 31st of this month. I want to inspire you so that when you go back, you're going to be a better leader. They're going to respect you. 
because you're going to be honest and transparent and transparent does not mean telling your business. There's a difference. Coaches, please take note to it. Who's not answering because that's who's not on tonight. Places are going to see change because you're there. People are going to be happier in working with you because you are working on your personal development. Yep. And, and do this for me before we come back on tomorrow night, if you will, please. I want you to think of other places that you may be leading and inspiring that you never thought about. Come on, Pastor Kareem. I hope this is your second post and not your first. It's more than that for you. Can I ask that request? That's your homework for tonight. Your homework for tonight, we've been dealing with your mental health, and now we're going to deal with your leadership and your mental health. And I want you to think if you can come up with just one, but some of y'all, just because I proposed the question, you're going to come up with way more than one. I want you to tell me where else are you leading and inspiring that you never thought about before? Yes, Patricia Wilson, you're getting it. I lead in my job. I lead in my home. I lead in my church. Those are the most popular ones that I see. But where else are you leading that you never thought about it? Now, this is what I want you to do because I want to take you to another level if I can. Deeper, not higher. I want to take you deeper. You don't have a position. You don't have a title in this other place that you're leading. <clears throat> so, you know, you're leading in church, you know, you're leading in your job. It's clear that you're also leading um, in your home. It's clear that you're leading in these positions in the church. I want to know where else are you leading besides your job, career, your home and your church or ministry. I want to know where else are you leading? Think about that overnight. And think about it again. I'm going to repeat it. I want you to think about it without using the word leadership. And I want you to say, where else am I influencing and inspiring? Where else? I, I, I wish we had time to go on here tonight. I would love to call a few of y'all in on a live tonight. Because I want to trigger for you. How much more you influence and inspire more than you realize. L let me give you another example. Oprah runs her own show, right? It wasn't her own network like it is now, but it's her own show. So she was leading on that. If that wasn't her show and she was only the host, would she still be leading? Would she still be leading? All right, Yolanda Dawson, she's thinking. Go ahead, Sharon W. Okay, those that said yes, tell me why you believe if she was working for, if the show was NBC's and they hired her 
for that anchor job. Why are you saying that she would still be leading? Let me hear some answers. I only saw two no's and all the rest were yes. So as only Tony Cranford, as only Oprah being only a talk show host, was she leading? You guys are saying yes, except for two people. Tell me how she was leading if, she, if, if it wasn't her show. That's right, Brittany, because she's representing a brand. Because she has followers. Go special. Y'all listening tonight. Someone else said it too up here before Brittany. Maybe it was just Brittany that started it. Because Elder Manny said because of her influence, but I want, I want, I want you not to use the word influence and motivation or influence inspire. I want you to think if she's, if that's not her show and she's an employee, is she still leading? And you guys are saying yes, because she still has influence and inspiration to people. And that answer is absolutely correct. Even though she doesn't own the show, even though it's not the Oprah Winfrey network, she still is leading and influencing people, inspiring and influencing people without a leadership role. So try to get this, this leadership title and leadership role out of your mind. And, and to be honest with you, let me, let me break it down another way. Do we have a minute? Are y'all good? Let me break it down another way. There are singers and, you know, Whitney Houston, Celine Dion, these, these great people who can just, oh my God, it's crazy. And they don't write the song. Ooh. And people worship the singer more than they do the writer. Is the writer still a leader? It's more than about doing the job you were given. But keep sharing. Don't 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 feel bad if your answer is not correct. It's more than doing a job. I'm looking for influence and inspiration. People who influence and inspire. Yep. Chris says she's a leading reporter. She is. But I want you to take out the word leading because you all still making leadership about leading. And it's about influence. And what else? Inspiration. And she did raise other leaders. Absolutely, she did. But that didn't make her a leader. Absolutely. Brittany says, yes, the writers are still leaders because their words are influencing and inspiring others. Even the singer is influenced and inspired by the writer's written song that they wanted to sing it. I heard that there are singers who turns down songs because they don't feel a connection to what the writer has written. Writers are inspiring and influencing. Ghost writers are inspiring and influencing, even if no one knows you. Come on, I got y'all thinking tonight. You're not going to sleep. Yes, Mike T. The writer is still a leader. Because the lyrics encourage good Pastor D. Yes, Tony. 
All right. I can go on till midnight. We can have this whole thing going. Y'all be coming on here like a radio station tonight. We'll have it popping. Me and Ebony will be in here ordering takeout and getting the job done. Where else? This is your homework. Where else? Thank you, Thomasina. She said this helps with the homework. Where else are you inspiring and influencing without the title? Without the recognition. That's your homework. Are we good? That's right, Raphael. The same thing with actors. Absolutely, Jerry. And the writers make a lot of money. You know, you drive through Hollywood and you see all these great homes, beautiful, crazy homes. And you're thinking, oh, Brad Pitt, um, Denzel Washington, um, Angelina Jolie, Idris Elba must live there. And then you see the people come out and you're like, who are these people? And they're million, billion, trillionaires because they're the producers that nobody knows. Their name is this big at the end of the movie. But we get to see the actors and we see them as strong leaders. But what makes them a strong leader just because they're acting in a role? It's the influence and the inspiration they bring to the role that makes them a leader. But the same thing with the production guy who makes a whole lot of money, more than the actor makes. But he is an unknown. He's an unknown. And he's still inspiring and influencing people. Thank you, Chevelle. All right, Constance. That's your homework. And I want everyone to have something for me tomorrow. There's 86 of us left on here, and I don't think 86 have answered. Go, Tony. That's how I get my papers done, Tony. That's how I write my books. I have to, a research paper that I have to do in my classes, and I just keep going and elaborating on it and keep going and keep going. I'm still thinking where else I'm inspiring others. Maybe at the soup kitchen I volunteer at. That is another place, yep. Yeah. Even janitors have influence. You better believe it. A child can influence. Where else are you influencing and inspiring? Because that's your place of leadership that we want to get to. I'm done. I am your host, Apostle Dr. Suzanne M. Howard. The M is important because unfortunately there were other Suzanne Howards. And I am here to get you through your mental and now your professional leadership growth and training because I am mandated to see you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Thank you for your time and this overtime tonight and I look forward to seeing your answers on tomorrow and I hope everyone has one but I really hope you have more than one. God bless you and good night. Dr. Suzanne Howard is happy to have shared this time with you. To get more information on solutions and personal development, coaching, and counseling of the soul, go to www.suzannemhoward.com. You can also find her on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Periscope. Thank you for tuning in with us.